This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Abdul Qadir Kasimji, the owner of Stallion Signs, a company that designs, fabricates, and installs exterior signs, ranging from channel letters to pole signs. Abdul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Yeah, first time here. Um, I, we've known each other for probably a at least six months. It feels like it's been almost a year. Time flies. Yeah, it does. So I'm excited to get into this conversation with you. We're also going to talk with Adam Kavulik, a realtor with Knack Realty Group at Keller Williams Heritage. Adam helps buy or helps clients buy, sell, and invest in properties for as little as fifty thousand dollars to over one million dollars. Adam, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, y'all. In studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. And my business coach, uh, thank you, uh, Heather, great to see you back. <laughs> Always glad to be here. And I'm your host, Mark Evinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States, which is how I built my entire company. So super excited to share that with folks. Quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you are a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. So quick note for our uh, highest performing podcast clip from October was a clip from Tirza Nestel titled The Story Behind the Stats, A Pediatrician's Insightful Encounter. has over 5,400 views on Instagram, and that doesn't happen by mistake. So, you know, sharing and in the topic and, and all of that just hit Instagram right. So um, well, great as job. As a parent, I loved talking to her because it was just so great to hear just the things that you can do to actually positively impact your kid's life because that's our goal, right? And also we can control what they eat. So apparently other people thought so too. <laughs> yeah, but it resonated for sure. All right, the inaugural Let's Talk Business podcast mixer is coming up on January 25th, 2024 from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. at Project Cowork Central here in San Antonio, Texas. This premiere event will bring our show guests and mega fans together for two hours of fun and networking and is an opportunity to rub elbows with me, your host with the most, and our amazing co-hosts, Genevieve Sims, Heather Bame, and Howie Nestel, as well as like a whole bunch of guests from the show over the last, mm-hmm. it'll be two years since we started the show. The organizers of the event are expert event planners, so you can be sure this will be a fantastic evening. Attendance is limited, though, to 100 ticket sales, so be sure to get them quickly, and they are on sale now. If you're hearing this announcement for the first time, get over to our website ASAP and grab your tickets. If this isn't the first time you've heard this announcement, what are you waiting for? Head on over to our website at satalkradio.com. Grab your tickets today, and we'll see you at the Let's Talk Business Podcast Mixer on January 25th, 2024. And if you would like some extra points, uh, like gratuity points, <laughs> take a selfie uh, with your tickets and post them on social media and tag the hosts of the show. We'd love to see what you guys are doing out there with them. All right, so um, that's going to be fun. So ticket sales just went on sale. I mean, it's just now live. Mm-hmm. I actually, I didn't tell you guys, but I sold two tickets. You already sold two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I sold them actually Sunday. I was at a lunch and I'm like, well, you know, it's not really live and you know, I wanted, you know, everybody to check. And that make was sure an that... option? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cut the line there. Oh, are we going to do a competition who can sell the most tickets? Or I is there a point play? intrinsic. To... Yeah, that's part of the deal. Yeah. Is that yeah. a thing in the, the byline you can put, like, which host sold you the ticket? No. Because it's on. It isn't. <laughs> is it? Well, no, I'm saying it's on. 
Right. We like should. You should make that a thing. That, that would actually be really right? cool to see. Because yeah, we be all cool. overlap in our networks pretty heavily. So, like, who convinced you to yeah, come? Yeah, I think Howie would. I don't know. He's going to hit it pretty I don't hard. Know. You think you can beat Howie? Yeah. Genevieve's real good. She's real strong too. I think. I'm walking I should into a captive audience at BizConnect <laughs> on Wednesday. I'm gonna sell them all tickets immediately. That's yeah. 24. Heather right has there. some pretty. She has a pretty wide range of people who listen to her. They just do what she says. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're talking about yeah. implied authority. <laughs> I want to see a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross chart. Yeah. With the names. I want to see a board up there. That would be fun, actually. We could have our, you know, yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. like the floating heads. Who has yeah. the most Above the yeah, little tally. With the little All right, so let's get into uh, quality service versus the enduring the pains of going cheap. There's advantages to both. There really is. Um, you know, it, going cheap, cost savings, of course. I mean, that's why people are going cheap, right? Uh, but another one is risk mitigation, I think, too. Because of the lower cost, you can try stuff and see if it works. And then you can always double down and improve quality as you move along. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on, uh, Heather, we'll start with you, on going cheap versus quality? And I don't know, pick a, an area that you want to focus on because really it could apply to anything. It could apply to being a real estate agent, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes real estate agents could charge more because they're better at what they do. Yeah, and there are something discount brokerages, right? Mm -hmm. They have those out there. There are. Well, and I think, too, I think cheap is an option when you can balance it with expertise in whatever you're going cheap on. Real estate's a great example of that. You buy cheap and you can add value through renovations and, and just ways to add value, renting it out, and then you get higher quality out of it. But for longer term things, um, things that you don't have expertise in, if you cheap out, you're probably gonna end up spending that much, if not more later, to either fix it or replace it once you learn that the quality needs to be higher. One of the inspirations was was our conversation that we had, Abdul, where he gave a great example of, you know, somebody chose to go with another company, I'm guessing because it was cheaper. I think we talked about, like, yes. a, you know, there that was, that was significant a cost savings that they went with. Yeah, and then it ended up biting them in the end. And mm -hmm. I think that's something that people don't think about is it because it can be more expensive in the long term. Like a FISBO, for example, for mm -hmm. sale by owner, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody goes, I'm just going to save the whatever percent and I'm going to yep. do it myself. Yep. But then they get themselves into a liability situation. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's typically this. all the studies show that if you use your own self as your realtor and you're not an agent, you're going to pay more in the long term. It's just what all the studies show. I mean, you know, 80%, it, it's across the board. Uh, realtors, they uh, may be a sticker shock to a lot of homeowners or buyers. Oh, my God, I have to pay that much. But in the long run, you save more money or you make more money. It's like going into the court proceedings with no lawyer. And then, like, the, the range of lawyer you get, the price goes up for the better ones. So those people that commit crazy crimes, but they get away with it because they just spend so much money on super high-quality lawyers. Quality so, over quantity. Yeah. Let's, let's focus in on uh, quality for just a minute. And, Abdul, I'll go to you on this for, like... Uh, you know, when somebody goes and they choose to pay for a reputable company like yours to do the work, they're going to pay a good, you know, fair amount, right? It's not super exorbitant, but it's a fair amount, right? It's not cheap, cheap, but it's it's fair. Um, from the quality side, what are they going to experience when using your services versus going with a fly-by-night company somewhere else? Where would they see that quality improvement? So there's a couple of things. One is in the material that we would use. There's different size, There's different types of material that we can use to make the exact same sign. And one very relevant example to that is that the channel letters that we make, they can have two different types of backing. They can either be made with ACM, 
which is this, which is basically a core foam surrounded by aluminum and it's heat pressed together, or we can use solid aluminum, right? I mean, you guys with no experience could probably look at that and say the solid aluminum is probably a better <laughs> quality option, but there's plenty of people out there who would use ACM. And it's not to say that it's not a good option, but it really does depend on your needs as, as, uh, as the person purchasing that sign for your branding. Why would that matter, though? Why, why does the quality of the sign matter? Because at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, I don't, I don't want high quality, but maybe they're not thinking far enough in advance. Like, hey, this is going to be exposed to the weather elements. Mm -hmm. You want it to come ripping down on the first storm that comes through? Kind of a thing. Why does it matter in quality when it comes to signs? Actually, I'm going to use that example you just mentioned. The signs rip down, right? You can imagine that if there's a cone, there's a foam core to it, once something pierces the exterior shell, that aluminum covering on it is just foam. It's, it's very easy to rip. It's very easy to bend. It's very easy to fold. Whereas in that same example, if something was made of pure aluminum, it will grip. It will have that durability to it. It'll have that longevity to it. Right, which means that their signs are going to not come flying off, and now they have to redo the whole thing. Right. Or it could be a they hits a car, and now you've got a liability issue. A liability issue. issue. Yeah. There's there's cost savings. There's time savings. There's liability issues to consider. Um, I have had, uh, I was provided a sign that somebody else fabricated, and we were going to be doing the install. As soon as we started putting the sign up, they had used ACM. The way they had attached the ACM to the rest of the sign. As soon as we started handling it, it started tearing apart at the seams. So before we even had that sign up, we had to bring it back down. We had to do repairs on site to it. And we didn't have the capabilities to then change the whole sign out at that point in time. It's too late for that. Mm -hmm. So the customer is there watching us and we're trying to put the sign together on the ground for them before we even put it back up. It doesn't leave a good taste in people's mouths. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, and we've all seen a, a funny sign story. I think I saw something on TikTok and it was a hard rock cafe, but like some of the letters were mm. um, not lit <laughs> up anymore. So it was hard R cafe. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and now it's all over TikTok, which is yeah. hilarious, but quality overpriced. Yep, for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it with Abdul Kadir Kasimji, the owner of Stallion Signs, a company that designs, fabricates, and installs exterior signs ranging from channel letters to pole signs. So, okay, what are channel letters? Can you define that for me? Because I'm, I'm thank like, you for I asking. Know you, yeah, <laughs> thank you, right? What is that? I know what it is now because I did my research, but right. what is it? Very, very simply put, channel letters are those illuminated letters that go on a building storefront. So when you walk into a plaza, for example, how do you know which building, which door leads to which store? They have a set of letters on top, and that's what tells you. Most often, they're illuminated. They can be front illuminated, they can be illuminated from the back, or they can have both. They can be lit from the front and the back. So there's front-lit channel letters, there's reverse-lit channel letters, or halo-lit channel letters, um, and then there's the ones that are lit from both sides, which are just, they're lit from both sides. Um, but those are, typically speaking, what we refer to as channel letters. All right. So, and tell me a little bit about your background. And just as a quick note, when you're turning your head like this, we're going to lose you on audio. But I'm going to um, keep that in mind. Tell me a little bit about your, <laughs> yeah, your background. How'd you get into the sign business anyway? So, uh, my background actually is pre med. I did, uh, I'm from <laughs> Toronto, Canada. Um, I studied, I studied pre med. I have an honors bachelor's of science in biomedical sciences. I did after that business and product management. So, I have two different diplomas. And then I was kind of lost, actually. I wasn't sure what to move forward in. 
I did not have an interest in studying medicine, even though I loved working in it, which is why I did pre-med in the first place. I came to the States where my parents had lived for a couple of years already. I came here and one of my cousins, coincidentally at that point in time, was finishing his first year as a sign shop. He was doing printing. So it's a little bit different from what I do today, but it was in the same industry. Very, It, it provided an interesting opportunity for me to come in, learn something that I had never considered before in my life, and really just learn the industry, learn the materials, learn the equipment. Um, and it was honestly such an incredible experience that I was like, this is... I could see myself doing this in the future. Um, however, after one year, I, I discontinued my work with him, and I worked at a glass shop uh, as, as, as an estimator. I worked with the glass company as an estimator, and then 10 months into that, I decided to move back to San Antonio. This was all in Houston. I decided to move back to San Antonio, and when I was deciding what to do, I decided that instead of looking for another job, I was going to use this major life change as an opportunity to try something new, take a risk. And uh, the only relevant experience I had was either in a glass company or a sign company. And I decided that between those two industries, the sign industry really was a lot more exciting for me. In, in the past four years, I have had the opportunity to do electrical myself. I weld. I have been personally up to 130 feet up in the air. Um, so it's, it's honestly been an amazing experience, and I'm really glad I chose to do it. So what's interesting is uh, me and Abdul, like we, we've had this conversation before. One of uh, my background industries is wholesale signage. Mm-hmm. So it is the wild west of industries, <laughs> I feel like, with very short lead times. What is it about that fast pace, short lead time industry that you really love and thrive in? I think it's just that it's it's fast paced. It uh it doesn't really give you a lot of time to sit down and process and think. You really have to just be like, just jump into it and run. There's no other option. And I enjoy that. I have always, I have always probably intentionally put myself into those situations. Um, and it started off by procrastinating on my reading log when I was in fourth grade, right? <laughs> so it's, it, there's always been a certain level of procrastination and that motivates me. And this industry is such that it is the last thing that a person will think about when they're starting their business. However, it is the first thing that potential clients will see. If you open up a store, if you open up a restaurant, the restaurant owner, when they're opening up, will think about their chefs, they'll think about their menu, they'll think about how their seating is going to be, who's going to sit there, their clientele, um, who's going to cook, where they're going to get their materials and equipment from. And then the day they're going to open, they're going to be like, well, how is anybody going to find me? How are they going to know that this is my restaurant? And I have quite often received calls the day of their opening or the day before their opening. And I've received a couple of calls the week after opening be like, hey, we are an existing <laughs> running business. People cannot find us. Can you get a sign up here today? And my initial reaction is, wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and then we go, we start the process from there. So you had a background in in signs and glass, and you were over in Houston doing that. And then you came here to San Antonio. What did making the connections you needed to get your business up and running look like for you? I've always been a very hands-on person. And I think that's one of the reasons the sign industry resonates with me. I've had the opportunity to do it all myself. And honestly, no amount of research could have prepared me for how to actually run it properly. Um, The connections that I've made... No amount of research would have provided me that direction. There's a certain amount of 
networking and learning that you can only do once you hit the ground running. Um, and I say this as a piece of advice to all of my fellow people, all of my fellow entrepreneurs. Sometimes they think themselves out of it. There's a certain amount of planning that you have to do in order to hit the ground running. However, you will pivot so much once you actually hit the ground. It's incredible. I, I have probably revised my initial business plan like a billion times, <laughs> right? Um, obviously, a little bit of exaggeration there, but not too much exaggeration. My initial business plan looks nothing like what I did. And, and, and that's what it is. Once you hit the ground running, you meet people relevant to the current problem you're facing, to, relevant to the current problems you need to address, and then you just go from there. So let's talk about why people put signage up anyway. Obviously, the biggest ease is, well, that's how people see, right? But isn't it more than that? Because it's a reflection of, because there's different styles and colors and all of that. So why, when it comes to the world of signage, why is it important? And let's get into that a little bit. First and foremost, the point of a sign is to let people know you're there. The second thing that you want to do is you actually want to showcase your brand, Right? You're not going to see a hard rock cafe like you mentioned earlier with without the guitar and the neon signs and just mm -hmm. basic block lettering. That's not their brand. Um, if you often go to, uh, let's say, a ramen place, they usually have that bowl of noodles built into their sign. It, it, it's a way of not only letting people know where you are, but who you are, who, what your personality is, what your, what your branding is. People will make those assumptions about how you are as a business based off your sign. They'll decide if that sign is completely run down, lights are half off, if it's flickering, if the sign is crooked, they'll be like, do I really, will I really get that experience in that location that I'm looking for? Or is the shop right next door that provides very similar services probably going to be a better experience for me? Yeah, uh, and let me pivot off of that because I know you guys have an active uh, social media page as well. That, that keeps people going. But that's another thing, too, because that's a form of signage. Is Would you agree with that when it comes I to would. social media? Yes, sir. It, it is, it's a form of branding yourself. Um, so they all fall into that spectrum. It's about how do you brand yourself. Social media, your marketing, your ads, and your signage all fall under that broad category is who are you? What do you do? Well, And I feel like a lot of the visionary entrepreneurs don't think about it to that level it is the pantone color that matches between sign a b and c that's brand continuity that is almost psychological level mm -hmm. customers don't realize they're thinking about it until they see something off and all of a sudden you're like burnt orange turns more bright orange and they're mm -hmm. like that doesn't seem quite right and that's where the quality of workmanship really comes in i feel like and this is me coming from signage. I'm just war <laughs> flashbacks to exactly. all the, the wrong colors that got painted, but it, it makes a big difference. Makes, I mean, there's a reason that these titan in, titans of the industry, McDonald's, Burger King, um, Hard Rock Cafe, right? It's There's a reason they pour millions of dollars into their research and their branding efforts. I, I have a question, if, if you don't mind. So someone who, let's say, a small business, a restaurant, let's say, for instance, they have their signage, they think it's doing great. You drive by and go, um, you may need to fix that. So have you had any success stories where this either established business or business has been around for a little bit, you offer them some advice and it radically changes the way they think and how their business runs? Definitely. There's, 
once a business is established, they often don't go back to their sign unless unless something goes wrong, right? However, over time, your signage does need maintenance. It gets dirty, right? It's not completely airtight. There's there's holes in it. There's openings in it. So it's not sealed. I have had plenty of people who I have approached and who have approached me as well where their sign is dirty or their sign has um, shaded over the years. It's It's faded out. And so they don't often recognize it because they're so used to seeing it on a daily basis. Mm. But once I go in there and I pointed out that, hey, you know what? I'm assuming your sign used to be bright red and today it looks like a faded orange, mm-hmm. right? Why don't, why don't you allow us to come in here and, and give us the opportunity to fix this for you? And then I have heard success stories where immediately some of the repeat customers come in and they're like, wow, it looks, this looks incredible, right? And just doing that little bit of a refresh will actually bring other people's attention to that sign. Like, hey, that looks new. Even though they may be passing that place every day for the past five years, they see that refresh. They see that rebrand. They see something different. And it's just enough to bring a more conscious recognition to them on that. Yeah, it's a freshening up. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and their point was, what is the like minimum you could invest to improve what you already have before you go out? Mm-hmm. and get something new. So can you refresh what you're already doing in this location to the maximum effect before you go expand into another one? I think this is a great way to look and see, do I need a refresh and, and make it more modern, more bright yeah. to drive customers, to drive traffic. Right. New faces, new lights, brighter lighting, um, just a different color of light. If your faces of the sign are white, you can you can typically, they put white lights in there, but you can put blue lights in there. You can put red lights in there, and it'll create a different look. It's just small things that aren't crazy expensive that actually give an incredible ROI. Love it. All right, uh, Abdul, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? You can reach out to me via phone call or email. My number is 210-955-9786. That is my personal phone, one of them at least. <laughs> uh, and it'll, it'll get to me. Uh, texting always works. All right, awesome. Love it. Thanks for coming in, Abdul. All right, uh, next up on the show is Adam Kavulik, a realtor with Knack Realty Group at Keller Williams Heritage. Adam helps clients buy, sell, and invest in properties for as little as $50,000, so over a million dollars. So, Adam, um, the real estate market is a bit of a buzz right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So... You want to? Oh, I guess I can kick it off. Yeah. We we talked about this before. Does Wait, like, do you on? even want to ask? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> I was under a rock. <laughs> so in the real real estate and specifically real tour world, there's been a big lawsuit. Do you want to give like a high level overview of what that lawsuit is for yeah. the listeners? Yeah, it was. I think it's uh, over. I think over two hundred and sixty thousand uh, people who have filed clash a clash accident class action lawsuit over like an eight-year window or so i think it was like 2015 until this year and it just some some interesting tidbits of how they think that realtors behaved and how the market was favoring realtors more than themselves they felt that they got cheated out of some things so it's kind of like the overall arching part of it um (laughs) any any other yeah basically they sued um the national association of realtors and uh most of the major brokerages to Mm -hmm. say that buyer agents were not taking their clients to properties that didn't offer a certain percentage of commission split. Mm -hmm. And so the lawsuit was basically saying, is the splitting of the seller's commission even legal? And uh, 
<laughs> the brokerage is lost. Yeah. So now the real estate industry is in a buzz because the question is, what's going to happen to yeah. buyer agents? Because so far it's been free to the buyer to have one because they get a percentage of the commission that the seller negotiates. So what what are your thoughts around this? I know neither of us has done a deep dive into it, but as an active real estate agent, which I am not, yeah. how are your thoughts around this? Yeah, I, I think the biggest kind of pain point to anyone looking to buy a home would be that there is contention now that you may have to pay for your own buyer's agent where before it's been decades long. I don't know if it was always, I don't know the history of real estate going back since, you know, when it began, if it was mm. always like this, but as of lately, the seller helps to pay for the buyer's representation. So if that changes, now you're looking at buyers and you know how difficult the market is. Interest rates are going home prices are still very high to foot an extra bill on that would be very difficult. There are a lot of buyers now who, are waiting for the market to crash in the hopes that they can finally get into them and then say, well, if it doesn't crash at this time, and now you have to pay for your representation. There's a lot of buyers who may not be able to buy a home possibly ever now if things stay that way. Well, in the vein of quality versus, you know, cheap too, you're probably going to find if that is the case and the seller says, no, I don't pay for the buyer's part of the commission people may try to buy real estate themselves mm -hmm. and then deal with a bunch of that fallout of not knowing what they don't know and there's a lot of money to be lost in well, a real and estate we'll be back around to people having buyer agents because i mean at the end of the day it's a smart move to have that representation because there's a lot of things that you don't know until you're in the middle of it and then you're like or after the fact you're like i had no idea and there's going to be a lot of people throwing fits because they didn't have proper representation going into it. So I think it'll settle around, but there is going to be some bumps in the road. But at the end of the day, the buyer was still paying for it because when they buy the yeah, home, the cost of it price. is already in there. It's just not obvious, right? So maybe we don't realize that as much, but what are your thoughts on the reality of what I just said? Is it that it was already there in my opinion, but now we have to highlight it. Yeah, there's a... There's an old saying, the home, the market value of a home is what a buyer is willing to pay, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes people do put that extra bit into the, the list price, the hopes that, you know, if I list it at a higher price, someone will buy it and now I kind of offset some costs. But we advise people like, you know, given we do extensive research on a home, compare uh, CMA, compared market analysis, to make sure that it's a good market value to attract as many buyers as you can, because that's the, that's the end goal. So you can list high, but then now there's the con of it's going to be sitting for a while. You might not find the right buyer. So there are ways to play with those numbers. But then for a real estate agent side and on the listing side, our goal is to give a seller the best advice they can to get to meet their real estate goals. And not a lot of sellers want to wait four years for a, their home to sit on the market. They, they need money now because they have a big life change. They have yeah. to, you know. Well, I think that comes into the quality of the real estate agent, too. I know Texas has, I think, the highest requirements of realtors okay. in, in the United States. It's 180 hours to get our real estate license here in Texas versus I remember when I was first looking, I looked in Tennessee, it was 20 hours. So I could have got 20? my real estate license in two like weeks. Two zero. Two zero. It was so short. Here it's 180. So we have a lot higher requirements, but throughout the nation, there's not that much. So I think the conversation is going to come down on the listing agent side, how they present it. Because there's a right and a wrong way. But if your requirements to be a realtor are 20 hours of education, well, <laughs> how well educated is that realtor, right? Yeah. 
So. And what about the the cost of it? So, if as a buyer's agent, as sellers, the person's buying the home, it gets rolled into the cost of the loan. All that's done. Do you think that'll change? Yeah, it'll have to be, I guess, up to the lender, right, to be able to kind of justify rolling in some extra costs. But and an appraiser, if if you're going to use a lender, you know, you need the the financial institution who's backing that has an appraisal done on the home. So that appraiser, as of now won't put in any money that, well, the buyer's going to get X percentage, so we'll adjust for that. That's not part of the home value that an appraiser finds. So it just depends on how big this change affects the market and how people sell yeah. their homes. Because even homes. with closing costs, there's regulatory limits on how much closing costs a seller can give the buyer. Mm-hmm. And I think with conventional loans, it's still 3%. And 3% usually pays for your closing costs. Or it could pay for your buyer's agent, but it wouldn't pay for both. That would be about 6% of the total transaction cost. So people are either going to get really creative or listing agents are going to have to get more skilled in negotiating. And we're seeing this now with the high interest rates, right? Lenders are offering different products that before they never had to, but because to keep competitive and to keep their business going, they need to be creative. So there may be something in the future where the lenders figure out ways to roll in different prices to help buyers get in the homes, but then buyers are now paying the more, you know, higher monthly well, cost. Yeah, there's a saying that difficulty leads to opportunity, right? Yeah, and, very much and so. That's we, uh, Amel, we had a guy on a show talking about how, you know, the, the uh, commercial real estate market took a dive, and yet there's opportunity in there that he was able to capitalize on some of that. So always with difficulty comes opportunity. Well, and what I think is so interesting about this particular situation, I'm sorry to just hijack your segment to talk about <laughs> this. Fine. You were like, ah. Um, but what's interesting is most of the time with real estate regulation, it gets quietly changed. It happens. There's a lawsuit, but it's a very small lawsuit. And then the real estate commission changes the contracts and then they let all the realtors know. So the public doesn't really know about the reason it's happening. But this is massive. Everyone knows about it. It's all over TikTok. It's all over the social medias. So the herd mentality of this lawsuit is going to make a big wave whether you like it or not. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacts. Yeah. And I'm not navigates. a lawyer, anybody. I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, represent myself, my own opinions. Well, and it, it, like any wave, it'll settle, right? And we'll end up wherever it's going to end up, right? Yeah. I mean, the market's going to level out. I think so. it'll it'll wave out the the people who do real estate. And that's the thing. The people who did this that caused the lawsuit were breaking the law. I heard some of the recordings and they would refuse to show their clients a house mm-hmm. that didn't offer a buyer agent commission. And that is illegal. Mm-hmm. It is not allowed. So unethical, illegal apples. realtors yeah. caused this situation. But there are quality ones. And I think that's going to cause the quality to rise to the top. For sure. Sorry. Right. Opinions. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting topic though yeah, yeah. alright well uh, we're going to have for those of you who are listening to the show we do have an after show we ran out of time for the sh- for the main part of the show but we do an after show as well that's available on our Facebook group uh, you can always check out our website for more information on that but as we wrap up the show quick reminder to check oh, so Adam if folks want to get in touch with you of course sorry <laughs> if they want a quality realtor um, yeah, yeah quality realtor that's very rules. transparent very active yeah. uh, great real estate agent how do they get a hold of you yeah, we're uh, the NAC Realty Group, NAK Realty Group, um, 210-722-3121, and that's my wife's number, and there's a reason why I give that number out and not mine. <laughs> why is that? She is the she is the typical day-to-day realtor. While I'm doing the pretty things and oh. being out and about, she's the at-home on the laptop answering calls and helping our clients out. So I kind of sometimes 
direct people to her because who was it? It was her that your parents said should be a realtor, or was it opposite? No, you're right. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They saw her and said, "She's the agent." I don't know what you do, but she's <laughs> yeah. the one. Well, hey, you need a marketer. Every good business needs a marketer. You can That's not, right. Everybody can be home behind the computer. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. it. There's a place for that, but yeah. there's also a place for uh, networking. So thanks, Adam. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you. All right, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast and catch a video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And, of course, if you are a member of the Facebook group, you can ex- access exclusive content that we'll be launching very, very quickly. All right, um, so thanks, everybody, for coming in. You guys did a great job. We'll see Thank you on the you. next one. It was a blast. Yeah.